Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to Business Line's podcast. I'm your host Hari Priya, tech reporter for the publication. In today's episode, we will be discussing how India's Web3 startup ecosystem is evolving and growing. To give us more insights into the landscape, we have with us today Rohit Jain, MD at CoinDCX Ventures, and Parth Chaturvedi, Investments Lead at CoinSwitch Ventures. Thank you so much for joining us today, gentlemen. To begin with, you guys could probably give us some overview of the current pool of Web3 startups in India. How many startups are there? In what stages are they? And what major verticals and sectors do we see them in? In terms of sectors that you know we're seeing Web3 startups in India from, it's across the board. So it's actually fairly reflective of what we are seeing globally as well. So some of the sectors that we are seeing global interest and interest from Indian entrepreneurs is, of course, infrastructure in the Web3 space. That's that's the one area where the majority of uh, development activity is happening. Secondly, uh, I'd say DeFi. You know, DeFi has, of course, been around for a very long time and there are fairly well-established protocols as well, but we are seeing so much more innovativeness in this space. And with DeFi, I, I think we're still on day one. And, you know, now with the infra-scalability problem solved, I think we'll see a whole host of new DeFi-oriented applications. We're also beginning to see some a lot of development on the application layer, especially around SocialFi, as well as GameFi. And we are seeing some of these startups come up from India as well. So it's, um, you know, in summary, I'd say it's reflective of what we are seeing uh, in terms of areas of interest globally as well. Let me pause there. Parth, you want to add uh, something to it? Yeah, sure. So first of all, I think there's this misconception that uh, Web3 building has stopped. That is not the case at all. I would say, uh, so our fund has been active since the last one year or so. We've seen, we've talked to more than 300 odd startups in India. 300 plus on ground builder activity has not stopped in fact uh, i would say that this is the perfect time to build like bear markets are where uh, you know the actual believers in projects are the ones who are building projects and uh, sort of speculation and froth gets away from the markets so we have seen diligent work happening here in india again india remains developer powerhouse of the world so a lot of these projects globally have indian teams or indian developers working here in terms of themes, as was rightly mentioned, we now have the infrastructure play sort of like materializing and we are seeing like, you know, apps or decentralized applications able to scale much more easily. Another area that I personally think is going to be key importance is easing of user onboarding. In the previous cycle, we've, uh, you know, faced these challenges of private keys of how to handle your crypto. Now in this market, because of innovations like, you know, multi-party computation and account abstraction, it will become much more easier for the masses to onboard into Web3. That's one of the key areas besides the ones that Rohit mentioned that are worth highlighting. In the institutional side of things, I think real-world asset tokenization is a huge play. And uh, we are seeing more and more institutions exploring this space. Parth, you were mentioning about the building momentum, but given the current downturn, do you think the growth momentum has somewhere slowed down? Is the stream still as enticing for founders as it was, say, one or two years ago? Again, there are two parts to this. On the builder's side, I would say there is not much of a slowdown. Like there are projects that are, you know, actively building and actively trying to like, you know, raise money. On the flip side, on the VC side, on the funding side, that is where the real impact of macro is as well. As we are now in a world where interest rates are going to stay higher for longer, risk capital has become much more, you know, difficult to find and deploy. A lot of VC funding has slowed down and it's not just in Web3, it is across like, you know, sectors. Probably AI is an exception, an outlier. 
but uh, rest like if you see vc funding across sectors it has like you know reviews both in deals as well as quantum and uh, i think investors are in that wait or wait and watch state where they have a lot of cash lying as dry powder which i think will come back into the markets once we see uh, macros improving up and just kind of echoing the sentiment haripriya you know in terms of has the growth slowed down or building activity slowed down you know what we like to say is that even though we're going through a bear market when we talk about crypto prices really not but we're in in an absolute bull market when it comes to building activity globally speaking and in india as far as builders go we are still in a bull market and very much so a lot of valuable companies are created in bear market and we are seeing that even today i think the one thing that has happened is that the you know when you think about the noise to signal ratio the noise has certainly come down which means that some of the non serious builders who were attracted to this sector maybe even for the wrong reasons that crop of entrepreneurs has reduced but serious builders who are extremely bullish about this space who've been building in this space for a while their build activity hasn't slowed down at all uh, if anything you know they're hunkering down and uh, as a lot of infrastructural problems in the web3 space are being solved they're getting more creative with their solutions and coming up with strong value propositions adhering to the funding momentum that you just spoke about what exactly is happening you guys are investors yourselves what are the downsides here are these the more riskier bets that vcs feel and hence the money is not flowing here or why is this wait and watch approach being followed when do we see bigger rounds happening we only have a few unicorns how is this evolving and how, when do you think this will get better and grow more on the risk side are where just like directly links with macro so think of it as like if i can get us treasuries at 5% uh, why would i want to you know risk my money and get like probably like a 10 or 15% in a much riskier like you know investment as in when interest rates go up in general riskier assets sort of get lower allocation from investors that is one part of the problem the other is uh, you know the general uh, i would say a sentiment that prices bring with it i and i think that has sort of seen a turn around in the last month or so where prices have also started to come back and again we are getting the outside vcs the vcs that are not web3 natives again starting to show interest in the space during the bull market if you could raise probably let's say in a month's time with just an idea right now investors will only fund you if you have some traction and probably the due diligence cycle will be longer it will take a quarter to close so that's the difference in terms of uh, you know how they are approaching the space and having said that i think uh, a turnaround is just on the harpia maybe adding to that so i think macro is certainly impacting the vc industry and that's just not in web3 right that is probably in- impacting all risk on asset classes but particularly when it comes to web3 i'd say we're going through a phase of evolution and every innovative sector kind of goes through these multiple cycles of innovation and uh, we were in a bull market the funding activity was very different at that time we are in a bear market it's a part and process of the industry maturing both the founders and entrepreneurs but also the investors so for example i think earlier the sense of fomo was slightly more in investors which is why rounds were getting closed much quicker and at higher valuations i think now investors are looking at it with a lot more diligence with a, with a lot closer eye and in in that sense i think this industry is moving in the right direction so while it may seem like the overall quantum of investments dollar invested is slowing down but the reality is that is the right thing for the industry and we are moving in the right direction not only from a builder point of view but also from a 
investor mindset diligence point of view as well what would be the one advice for anyone who's getting started today and is looking for funding what do you think is the best way to get investor attention my view there is uh, the fundamentals of business don't change whether you're in web3 or web2 even in the web3 space the fundamentals remain the same and the fundamentals especially at an early stage haripriya as you can imagine number one and first and foremost is the team second is of course the value proposition and just making sure you know you have a very very strong value proposition also it's it's solving a real problem because in the web3 space i think there is an additional challenge of what is a problem today versus what could be a problem a couple of years down the line and that's one of the things that i see some entrepreneurs do they're trying to solve problems which are not a problem today and uh, you know those founders may find it a little difficult to to raise capital so solving problems which are more here and now so for example parth was mentioning account abstraction uh, is rolled out and with that a lot of new business opportunities are coming up right the wallet space is evolving very very quickly there are new execution nodes that are coming up essentially with scale and program the masses coming in i think a lot of interesting use cases open up so people you know should solve uh, the problems which are here and now and be adapt to the changing environment in some ways yep to you know sort of second what you said uh, just in terms of how a founder should approach this space he needs to identify problems that are causing pain points in more broader adoption most of the protocols or you know ecosystems are trying to solve for user adoption right now and uh, account abstraction is a great example where so many startups are trying to make it easier for people to just uh, get on to the decentralized apps apps that's one uh, like you know theme that founders should like you know, look into as mentioned by rohit that you know uh, early stage investing is more art than science so there are a lot of you know moving parts where execution risk is involved where there is a uh, you know sort of confidence that you have to have in the founders for them to be able to uh, execute on their vision the trends might change you might be trying to ride a trend wave now which doesn't exist in the future it to build a long term sustainable business both the investors and the builders need to identify uh, you know these longer term trends or themes could you guys give more specifics on what are the newer areas that startups are working today on what are the problems that they're solving and in general what are the green fields that these startups could explore to build use cases for that would be interesting could you quote some examples of people that you have spoken to for context so some of the names that we think like on account abstraction piece i think in india specifically we are seeing a lot of this come up wallet infrastructure you know play in general is to highlight fetch which we recently talked to then there was uh, another one uh, called comet which is building a wallet plena finance is another wallet play so three four like good companies that are already like scaling seeing some adoption on uh, the wallet infrastructure space besides that like a couple of other things that we have you know invested in as well are the real world asset tokenization space so don't think of it as just real estate tokenization it also can apply to financial assets so bonds us treasuries private credit and in our case the example is polytrade where uh, they are tokenizing uh, trade finance invoices basically helping uh, emerging market economy uh, suppliers reduce their working capital cycles by tokenizing uh, their receivables let's say a uh, indian manufacturer manufactures for walmart he generally has like uh, you know receivable of 90 days his capital gets locked up instead he can uh, tokenize that invoice trade invoice and uh, go to defi pools and raise money 
So very interesting use case. We are seeing a lot of real world asset tokenization. Innovation happens. So not just in trade finance. There are people looking at US treasuries. US treasuries on chain have skyrocketed this year. And bigger banks are also exploring the space. So JP Morgan is doing a, a pilot on tokenizing bank deposits. Yesterday, I think MasterCard came out with like a similar statement on how bank deposit being tokenized can be the next big uh, uh, you know, theme to look out for. And, you know, maybe just adding one or two more things onto that. I think, you know, one theme that we are excited about is uh, scale. And the theme there is that, you know, even in the Web2 space, you know, once the Web2 space started seeing a massive scale, you know, in the late 2000s, maybe 2007 onwards through 2010-11, you know, that scale created new challenges and opportunities. And, and pretty much the entire data industry, the way it looks today, the formative years were in those late 2000 years. So now that scale as a challenge has been solved even in the Web3 space, and we expect in the next bull cycle for the masses to come in given all the things that are happening from a scalability point of view, usability point of view through account abstraction and, and the other initiatives. We absolutely expect the masses to come in. And once masses come in, I think one interesting challenge and problem to solve will be managing the scale and helping companies really leverage the scale in some ways. So I think data as a problem is very interesting. That is one theme that I'm excited about. The other, you know, that I remain excited about is uh, DeFi. And, you know, the call out over there, Haripriya, is that DeFi was probably the first use case that got to, you know, some semblance of a product market fit in the Web3 space. And people tend to believe that a lot of the primitives are already set in stone you know, in the DeFi space, for example, DEXs, lending, borrowing protocols. But we are seeing, you know, new models of DEXs come up, new DEXs now beginning to get to scale, new lending, borrowing protocols as well. So DeFi certainly remains a very strong area of interest. And the other I would, like I was saying, was uh, data, uh, which would come with scale. We keep speaking about India building for the globe a lot, but where does the rubber meet the road? Do we have enough examples to actually say that we are in action, this is happening? And in the broader context, the effort of the Indian Web3 startups, how do they fare uh, against their global peers in matured regions, say like US and the UK? Mm. I think on this one, Rohit, if you can like chime in and again, there's a fundamental difference in terms of like how we are approaching the space. We are trying to back like, you know, India first project, projects that have some kind of India connect in uh, their teams or uh, developers. Having said that, I totally agree that um, maybe it's because the ecosystem hasn't matured enough, but global competition for Indian startups is pretty strong. And I would say that, uh, you know, in certain ways, the just the founder intent or the team's execution capabilities are much better even in certain Asian uh, jurisdictions. US still remains like, you know, sort of the benchmark in terms of like great projects coming out from there. Having said that, we do have the capability, we do have the talent yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, time where the ecosystem matures and we start building uh, world-beating uh, Web3 uh, projects. Rohit, your thoughts? Yeah, no, echoing that sentiment again, Haripriya, uh, you know, just at a high level, taking a step back, as far as Indian builders in the Web3 space are concerned, you know, our long-term view is that India is going to see more unicorns coming out in the Web3 space from India than we saw in the Web2 space, even though India did a phenomenal job in the Web2 space as well. You know, that's our fundamental thesis. And um, there's a reason for that. The Indian Web3 developer has much more of a builder's mindset uh, and an entrepreneurial mindset than maybe even the Web2 developer, especially in the early days uh, of the industry. So that's at a very, very high level. But uh, when you take a micro view, Haripriya, and, and a more immediate view, I agree with Parth, you know, there are leading indicators and there are lagging indicators. 
I think the leading indicator over here is the fact that the developer pool in India is growing massively. The amount of interest that we are seeing from the developer community in India is just phenomenal. For every chain in the world, tapping into the Indian developer community is critically, critically important. India is probably one of the top three markets for them from a developer pool point of view, and that becomes a leading indicator to saying that uh, you know these same developers will eventually become builders. You know, once they have enough experience under their belt. So I think all the leading indicators are pointing. absolutely in the right uh, in the right direction and in addition to that we already seen some very interesting startups uh, being built out of india right i think last week only we had like a couple of big announcement like stacker labs is one i think which got funded by art type uh, again indian founders and uh, the fact that you mentioned roit that most of the big chains are looking at india last i think quarter or two quarters we have seen india heads been appointed for several different uh, ecosystems we had adopters we had avalanche Uh, all of them are like trying to set up like you know small India offices where they can tap into this developer pool and uh, get those developers to build on their equipment. Oh, no, absolutely, and and maybe just last point on that, Hari Priya. So you know at Coin DCX we very recently organized Unfold as well, um, which is an annual Web3 event. And as part of Unfold, uh, so it's probably the largest Web3 event in, in India. But as part of that, we also held a multi-chain, multi-protocol hackathon, and this was one of the world's largest multi-chain, multi-protocol hackathons. And and this I'm comparing to you know global standards. The kind of developer activity and interest we got, and the kind of outputs we got out of that hackathon were phenomenal. You know, all the protocols that Parth was mentioning, including Avalanche, Sui, um, and a lot of other chains, were present there. And um, you know, I think everyone. Uh, was impressed by the quality of developers and the quality of output there. Totally, and Arpya, uh, you should definitely do some coverage for ETH India, which is going to happen in December eighth, ninth, tenth. It's probably the largest ETH, uh, you know, hackathon that happens globally. So, uh, expectations are like over four thousand devs are going to come out. Yes, I think it's uh, time that Indian media also becomes a lot more proactive in covering stuff. So probably we'll be able to do that. Coming back to the India space, probably you can also address the regulatory uncertainty. Could you guys give us some insights on what are the limitations that Web three startups face in India, given the regulatory uncertainty? What is it that founders are facing currently, and what are the measures that has to be taken? by the entire ecosystem the industry as well the vcs the players and the government what do you think are the improvements that can be done for the sector probably not the right spokesperson for most things regulatory slash policy but what we've seen uh, from a vc perspective is uh, uh, you know a slow and steady approach by the government which again like i think is the right way to go about it because this asset class is moving so fast in terms of innovation that uh, if you frame laws or fixed laws in a rush you will probably need to like you know amend them fairly quickly i think what uh, is happening post the you know the g20 presidency where india was able to establish like a, a road map for a global framework for uh, you know digital assets i think that is a great start there has to be global coordination no one country can regulate it in a certain way because it is a global asset class and uh, there are enough positives around to see how much uh, positive regulation can help the space grow a uh, good examples are you know singapore and dubai dubai specifically has vara now which is like a dedicated regulator for uh, digital assets and uh, we have also seen like a lot of like you know indian founders being more comfortable setting up uh, uh, singapore or uh, dubai offices as their head jurisdictions 
so uh, as in when like you know uh, the regulatory environment or clarity sort of emerges in india we will see an explosion in you know, of uh, new people being able to venture out and risk building in this space i think they are sort of being curbed down by the uncertainty but uh, i wouldn't say that it is resulting in a complete annihilation of the industry that is not the case the government is very receptive and they understand you know the value that that we bring to the yeah no absolutely uh, so i think you know regulations in the space aren't easy but it's moving in the right direction both in india and globally uh, in our uh, opinion uh, that's one two of course with more regulatory clarity that is one lesser thing for the founder to worry about you know founders especially indian founders i can i can say more confidently about them because you know we've been one but uh, indian founders want to do the right thing you know they uh, and in in that scenario having regulatory clarity certainly helps and we are moving in that direction right that said there are multiple states and 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 multiple uh, even individuals within uh, the government who are taking a very very proactive stance as far yep. as promoting web3 startups are concerned uh, while we are seeing an overall positive momentum across india you know i think for example bangalore telangana and hyderabad mm-hmm. all of these regions are doing a lot of things proactively to encourage web3 founders uh, to develop out of there so overall i would net net i would say things are moving in the right direction and on the policy front i think all industry players are sort of working together we have bharat web3 association which is uh, you know the industry body that is sort of like you know putting forward our thoughts uh, our request uh, in front of the government they are both like you know point switch point dcx are like the key members there we also have other industry participants and now we are planning to get more startups also into the ambit of bharat web3 association so we can give like a more holistic industry what the industry really wants from uh, public policy that's great that's interesting to hear uh, so broadly these were the questions we had for you guys today thank you so much for joining us we hope you had a good time